Thank you for that kind introduction, dear friend of mine, Pastor Nathan. I'm a humbler learner of medicine. I have not won any Nobel Prize awards yet. I'm still a learner. I don't consider myself an expert. I'm just like you. So I come here in humble grounds wanting to learn as much as possible. It's a privilege to be in front of this beautiful audience. I see a lot of uh, cultural diversity and it's a little taste of heaven, right? Because uh, in heaven we're going to be shaking hands, rubbing shoulders, hugging each other. I see flags from uh, Puerto Rico, from Venezuela, from um, all kinds of Brazil even. Where are the Brazilians at? Oh, there we go. Pastor is representing Brazil. Praise the Lord for that. All right. Can you please uh, bow your head and just pray to the Lord for this um, service? Dear Heavenly Father, we want to invite you. We want to listen to your word, oh God. Give us the living word, not the written word, oh Jesus. We want to receive that life-changing message from heaven and be a comforter, oh Lord. You know those hearts are, are broken. Our souls sometimes get afflicted with the pressures of life. We want to be open and receptive, O oh Lord, to receive that seed from above to ignite a positive change in the right direction, O oh Jesus. We say what the prophet Samuel said, Speak, O oh Lord, that your servants hear. In the name of Jesus, amen. I was surprised to to notice that uh, a lot of you guys are not even stressed out, so I'm probably preaching to the wrong audience here. You probably should be taught how to manage stress. Only one hand raised there about the level of stress. And the reality is, even though we don't externally express it, we all experience stress some way or another, especially Especially people that were not born in this country, as we're going to uh, talk about later, we experience a lot of stress, psychosocial stress, and stress is a trigger of many diseases. That's why the first topic that I want to address is how to manage stress, all right? And I think this is going to bless you in the name of Jesus. If you have questions throughout the week... You can always reach the pastor, and through him you can have access to me. I'm going to start talking about the message of this church. What is the purpose of this church? Can somebody just tell me what is the, the objective of having a nice-looking church here in Garland, Texas? Share Jesus. Praise the Lord. And how are we going to do that? What is the method to share Jesus? Outreach. Praise the Lord. Okay, you have a plan all laid out. Have you tried the outreach? And how do people respond? The reality is, a lot of people in this country, they're not interested in Jesus. Let's be honest now, okay? When they come to this country, a lot of immigrants, the eye on the target money, opportunities, better education for our children, and nobody comes to this country wanting to find Jesus along the way, wanting to be more holy, more spiritual. I haven't heard that from a foreigner. When I came to this country, I came to get more opportunities. 
So the culture in this country is more oriented towards towards success, success driven. So if I knock on their door trying to share my Jesus, they don't have time for that, seriously. Maybe one or two out of three, out of ten perhaps, want to listen to the prophecies, which are extremely important. We, as a seven-day Adventist church, we have the spirit of prophecy. But the reality is people are not really interested in that. A small portion will be interested in that. Praise the Lord for them. But a lot of people are, are wanting to say, what's in it for me? How can you, how can your gospel benefit me in my quest to get success? Let me show you a picture right here. This picture is from India. One of the most populent, populous countries in the world, actually. One out of every six persons lives in India. It's full of pantheism. People, Believe in many different gods. I have uh, medical colleagues that are from India, and they tell me that they, when they're driving down the the road and a cow cuts in front of the traffic, all of a sudden they have to slow down, can't pass the cow. They, they have a special symbol for their religious. They have temples for for rats. You take off your shoes and you feed them because they have a specific spiritual symbolic meaning in their lives. So how are you going to reach people in India? We have this American uh, preacher that went to India and when he got off the plane, he, he talked to the elder and the elder said, look, preacher, we're, we're kind of old fashioned here. Okay. We, we don't really have those fancy Las Vegas, you know, uh, neon billboards to announce your your uh your talk so we have to go old-fashioned and just with a marker and a in a whiteboard just tell me what you want me to write so we can post it on the on the highway to see if people are interested in your talk and the pastor said absolutely so just say this uh north american pastor tonight free message just say that all right and so this elder he wrote tonight north american pastor free massage he he messed the word instead of saying message he put massage so by the time the pastor showed up at night he saw this big line the auditorium was packed and he said, okay, what in the world is going on here? Am I that famous here in India? And the elder was just scratching his head. He said, oh, pastor, I have to tell you, I apologize. We made a big mistake. We put massage instead of message. And all these people lined up here, they want you to give them a chiropractor spinal adjustment or something because they, they want the massage. And the pastor realized a, a deep truth. People do not want you to address their spiritual needs first. They want you and me to address their physical needs first. And once you do that, the gateway of their heart and mind becomes more open and receptive to receive the gospel. Okay? So what is health? The World Health Organization has said that health is is a state of physical, mental, social, not just the absence of disease. So I put this triangle right here. The center is God. 
the spirit is one part of health, social is another part of health, and your physical body is another part of health in the, in the perfect triangle, okay? This means that I can be very physical. I can go to the gym. I can, I can be doing pull-ups. I can be doing push-ups. And by the way, there was a study that just came out in the Journal of American Medical Association. If you do 100 push-ups in five minutes, there's a low risk of getting a heart attack. You can try that at home, right? Some people can barely do 10. They try that with fire firemen, firefighters in New York. Those that could not do more than 20 in five minutes, in the next 10 years, they had high risk of heart attack. I can focus on the physical a lot, but if I do not know my God, my creator, my savior, I'm not healthy. I can have big biceps. I can be flexing in the muscle right there in the mirror and be all muscular. But if inside I'm empty, I don't know my creator, I cannot get along the social, I cannot get along with my neighbor, I'm not healthy. You can be taking all your supplements and anabolic steroids. By the same token, I can be very spiritual up there, very spiritual. Read the Bible, hail and you wide, come to church, say amen, praise the Lord. But if I... Do not take care of my body, the physical. There's something not complete there. It says in 3 John, verse 2, My beloved, I pray that as your soul prospers, you be in what? In health. And the word health in the Greek is wholesome. Complete health. I put a study right here, the Orthodox uh, Jews versus the modern Jews. It was published in the American Journal of Public Health two years ago. It was interesting to know that that among the Jewish congregations, the Orthodox Jews, these people are really hardcore Christians. I mean, hardcore uh, religious. They go to their synagogues every single day. They read the Bible. And by the time they're 12, they have Deuteronomy all memorized. I mean, these people really apply themselves to religion, Orthodox Jews. They check the blood pressure, cholesterol, sugar levels of the Orthodox Jews versus the relaxed Jews, the contemporary Jews, the ones that church is a part of my life, but I still want to go to the park and have some fun, have some recreational activities. And I don't have Deuteronomy all memorized, but I'll, I'll do my best, all right? So those are the, the modern, the contemporary Jews. And guess who had better BMI, body mass index? Guess who had body mass index? Normal is 19 to 24. Sugar levels, glucose. 80 to 100, triglycerides, less than 149, and total cholesterol, total cholesterol, less than 200. Who was the winner? The, mod the modern Jews. They enjoyed better health. Take-home message. If I just focus on the spiritual and I become over-religious, 
But I neglect the physical and the social, the outreach. Life is a balance. And that's when you begin to experience complete health. Right? The effect of stress on health. Three of the leading causes of death are related to emotions. What is the title of the sermon? Emotions that kill, emotions that, that kill, all right? And how to sleep during worship while doctors speaking, right? I see, I see some, some people are really enjoying the nap, and that's fine. I'll try not to wake you up, it's fine. If I could whisper, I would whisper, all right? But, but I, for the other people that, that want to hear, I'm going to be speaking. There's this guy, a uh, French philosopher, Rene Descartes. French philosopher, his philosophy was what happens in the head does not affect your body. If you're really crazy over here, your body can still be fine. No correlation between mental and physical. And I don't blame him because that was back in 1596, 1600s. I mean, that back then they didn't have functional magnetic resonance images to blood flow in the brain. Back then, they didn't have those technological advances. So that's fine. The problem is many health experts still believe that what happens up here does not influence the body. Totally wrong. The leading causes of death are related to what? Number one killer in America, heart disease. Every 17 seconds, somebody's dying of a heart attack. Let me ask you, how come Monday morning between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. is the time when heart attacks happen the most? People rush to the hospital. Just listen to the ambulance. It's just the sirens are cranking their volume all the way up. Why is that between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m.? Because people are stressed out. They did not sleep well during the weekend. Some people were partying. Some people were drinking. Some people were just having fun. And all of a sudden, oh, it's Monday. Oh, I have to see my grumpy boss. I have to hang out with those naggedy co-workers. And they start processing all these stressful emotions. And all of a sudden, they have chest pain. Can't breathe. Numbness in the left arm, jaw pain, nausea, and guess what? Heart attack. Wow, I didn't know that could be that interesting. (laughs) Well, there's an association between stress. I tell you, if we can laugh like my little brother here, we can diffuse the heart attack. Humor has a lot to do with health. You see, you should be preaching, young boy. There is an association between stress and disease. MI stands for myocardial infarction, heart attack. Now, SLE, what is SLE? SLE stands for systemic lupus erythematous. It's a disease in which your body is working against you. Your immune cells don't recognize your synovial tissue, your, your cartilage in your, in your joints, and all of a sudden your, your immune cells start attacking yourself. Attacking your joints right here, turn red, turn hot, painful. They attack your lungs. You take a deep breath, it hurts. 
pleuritic chest pain. They attack your liver and your skin. That's called systemic. That's what's called systemic. It's all, all your, your body. Systemic lupus erythematous. Erythematous means red. You're all inflamed. This actress and, and singer, Selena Gomez, she is battling with SLE. She had scheduled a concert in India some years ago, and all of a sudden, she went through a stressful period. She had to cancel the concert and give reimbursements. Flare-ups started happening in her body. Couldn't breathe, couldn't move. And let's do another round of steroids, prednisone. Stress altered her lifestyle. Stress does, a hel- does affect your, your, your functional lifestyle. And the other one is uh, breast cancer. Breast cancer, a lot of people, uh, is the number one cancer in women in the United States. And, and when they, they have uh, cancer and they get the chemotherapy, if it's a small cancer, they get removed it, lumpectomy, a small section, pew, and if it invaded the, the lymphoid tissue, pew, they sent it lymph node it gets taken out as well and all of a sudden we start saying we we beat cancer good praise the lord but god what happens she goes with that divorce that wayward child strays away from the faith your husband loses his job you go through deep waters of depression and you start losing weight all of a sudden your back starts hurting You go to the doctor, and the tumor has spread to the bone tissue, metastasis spread out all over your body. That person is going to die three, four months. Breast cancer. When we do biopsies in ovarian tumors, we see catechols. What is catechols? Stress hormones. We analyze the tumor. We see a whole bunch of norepinephrine, adrenaline all over the tumor because that stress hormone creates blood vessels that makes the tumor spread out in different tissues of the body. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be what? Let me tell you that the eye is part of the central nervous system. So is your mind. All right, that's why there's no, no eye transplants yet, because you cannot transplant the mind. There's cornea transplants, but there's no eye transplants. And, and when, when your mind, says Jesus, is healthy, your whole body will reflect a good level of health. There is a connection, says Jesus. So if we look at a circle of, of emotions, we want to focus on the blue ones. You see, blue one says identity, self-respect, Support, relaxation, positive expression, gratitude, forgiveness. And the, the red emotions tend to lead us toward the negative side. Anger, frustration, despair, worrying. All of that leads to disease, as we will see. Prove that stressful emotions can affect the body. All right. Researchers, Alan Moses, They reported this article that said that people that are stuck in traffic jams, they have three times more risk of suffering a heart attack. Do you have traffic jams in Dallas? You do? So it's not just in L.A. or New York? 
Well, next time you get stuck in, in a traffic jam, just remember this article. Why do people suffer heart attacks in traffic jams? Simple. They lose control. Their thoughts. Oh, I'm going to miss that appointment. It's time to be there. My boss is going to fire me. Oh, I have to pick up the kids. They're, they're waiting for me in school. Oh, no. And, and all these racing thoughts tell your body, I'm out of control. And your body has something called peripheral nervous system, PNS, all over your body. Connects to your heart. That's why you start having agitation. <laughs> Arrhythmias. Arrhythmias. Tachycardia. Sweaty hands. You get dizzy. Can't concentrate. All these are signs that your thoughts are telling you, I have an anxiety attack. Something bad is going to happen to me. And you anticipate that. How do we fix that? Well, just introduce some positive thoughts. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I got control over the traffic. I got control over your agenda. If I allow this to happen, it's because my providence is seeing something good happening ahead of time. And Jesus said that this beautiful scripture that my my precious brother Samuel, where's Samuel? Samuel, oh, okay. He must be somewhere over there. Samuel read Jesus 6.25 that says, what does Matthew 6.25 say? Do not worry about anything, right? And the word in the Greek, worry, comes from, from two words fused together. Okay, we have um, meros, which means little part, addition, and we have no, no sus, which means knowledge. In other words, if you put those words together, Jesus is saying, do not divide your mind. Worry is division of the mind. Show me someone who's worry, I'll show you someone who is totally inefficient, unproductive. He's focusing in his job. But his mind is where? His is home. Oh, my wife. My wife. Oh, this. Divorce. Oh, family issues. I have, I have uh, been involved in surgeries when I was finishing my last years in medical school. And, and, and one time I was in a surgery, orthopedic surgery. We were putting an external fixator in the ankle for a diabetic patient. And, and my mentor, the surgeon, he was divorcing his wife. And the wife was taken out. She went to several lawyers. The lawyers were aggressively trying to get him all his sources of income. And when the phone rang, we were in the OR, operating room. He had put a special ringtone to identify the the lawyer calling. And when the lawyer called, he started sweating, and the nurse had to wipe so that the sweat, which has bacteria, does not pew, infect the tissue we're working on. Divides your mind. You're not productive, says Jesus. And these researchers told us that people that are in, in financial 
strain. They have high risk of getting a car accident. Because while you're driving, your mind is focused on the credit card debt you're trying to pay. Was Jesus right when he said, do not divide your mind? Absolutely, he was right. So there was a study, but let me tell you that not everybody in the United States experiences the same amount of stress. Not everybody. There was a study conducted with African Americans and Caucasians, and they took their blood pressure. Blood pressure in the morning of, of Caucasians, high. Blood pressure in the morning of African Americans, high. Is that normal? Yes. Because in the, in the morning, your body has stress hormones, high levels, cortisol, norepinephrine, adrenaline. So it's normal. You're trying to wake up. All right. So now if you add, add coffee to that, ooh, that's a double whammy right there. Too much stress for the heart. The point is that after work, they measured the blood pressure of Caucasians again, and it went back to normal. They were relaxed. They measured the blood pressure of African Americans after work, and it was still high. Psychosocial stress experienced by immigrants that come to this country it's a trigger of disease, affects their, their blood flow, affects their cardiovascular system. Sometimes we see this happening at work. Some measure of, we call it discrepancy or, or disparity, okay? Uh, the root cause of this is, is the picture that you're seeing. Some people have more opportunities. Their ladder to climb is, is more flexible to them. Other individuals, there's disparities, there's variations in opportunities, and it's harder for them, so the level of stress increases, okay? How emotions create a negative effect in your body? Let's start by talking about depression. Depression is the number one cause of disability worldwide, according to the World Health Organization, what I want you to understand here is that depression doesn't just happen in your mind. Depression activates the inflammatory response in your body. So now if I do a blood test on you, you're going to have inflammatory hormones all over your body. And you say, well, why do I care about that? Well, you, you really want to care about that because there's, there's one inflammatory hormone called hepcidin. It's very small to see, but it's right there, hepcidin. Hepcidin steals all the iron. So all of a sudden... You have fatigue. You're tired. You're pale. I listen to your heart. I, I It's a murmur. Ejection murmur. What's going on? You have anemia. You say, I drink my, my, my pills. I, I take my iron every day. I, I eat my, my black beans. We are full of iron. What's going on? When you're stressed, your liver loses hepcidin. Hepcidin lowers your what? Your iron levels. And all of a sudden, you're fatigued and you're tired. Can't think. Dizzy. Okay? IL-1. IL-1 is another hormone that goes directly to your joints and inflames and destroys your cartilage. Knee pain, joint pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. Neural inflammation that started with what? Depression. Anger is another emotion that is very detrimental to the body. You see, when you get angry, there's something in your blood system called P2. 
platelets, which are pieces, pieces that roam around your circulatory system and they prevent bleeding. God gave us those platelets. They have to be 200,000 to 400,000. That's the normal range. Praise the Lord if you have them, because if you go below them, you sneeze, you start bleeding from your nose. You start bleeding from your stools. Low platelets, not good. But what happens with platelets are really aggressive. They start clumping the blood. These red discs you see right here are blood cells. The white things you see right there are the platelets. Platelets start clumping the blood. That's called a blood clot. If it happens in the coronary arteries, get ready for a heart attack. Leading cause of death. If it happens in the cerebral vascular tissue in the brain, get ready for a stroke. Third leading cause of death. And you say, how do my playlist got aggressive and started forming all these clots? When you get angry, you cause activation of playlists. It's called degranulation. And all of a sudden, you start forming blood clots. I show it right here. This individual is about to have a heart attack. Guilt and resentment is another, is another, um, other emotions that are not helpful to the body. Guilt, that's, that's a big one because when you become a Christian, the devil's gonna try to really do a good job at reminding all your past failures. And he's going to come heavy at you and say, you know what? You're preaching right here. You're singing right here. You're leading a group. But Wednesday, you were, you were cursing. You were mistreating your, your wife, your kids. I mean, you're such a hypocrite. You were a drunk man one year ago, and here you are pretending you're converted. Come on. That's, that's fallacy. And, and some Christians... That's why the, the helmet of salvation protects your head, protects your thoughts. Don't go out of your house without the helmet of salvation because you're going to be hit right here in the thought level. And when we get assaulted by these thoughts, we have to remind ourselves, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. All things are made new. I'm a new creation if I'm in what? If I'm in Christ. Romans chapter 8, 1. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ and walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. And just remind us, the devil and say, you know what? There's no guilt in me because I, I'm a free woman, free man in Jesus Christ. Guilt activates stress hormone tremendously. See, this is a blood sample right here. Normal blood is this side. Abnormal blood, it's your right. That test tube in the right is forming a blood clot. That's why doctors say, oh, take your baby aspirin every day. I can take my baby aspirin. And if I'm full of guilt and anger, guess what's, happen- what's happening to my blood tissue? Forming clots. Is the mind important? Yes or no? Absolutely. We have this man right here. His name was uh, Holt. He was a lab technician in Pennsylvania. He was a Christian, actually. He was a good Christian, church member, 19 years working at this paper mill. He had good reputation. But all of the 
sudden he decided he was going to take out his revolver, put several bullets in that revolver, fully charged. He went to work. He found several co-workers. He pulled the trigger. He killed eight people. And when the FBI came to investigate that case, they noticed that the people shot dead were very strategic people. Were people that just recently had received salary raises, upgrades in the job. Very good friends with my friend right here. But he started harboring emotions of resentment, frustration. Why they are climbing up the ladder and I'm not climbing up the ladder. That's why Time Magazine, when he um, was put in prison, Time Magazine put these words to describe him. Let's see if this can go forward. Responsible, respectable, resentful. Resentment. Not being able to let go. Those unhealthy emotions, just grapple your emotions your, your thoughts, that can create a real problem in ourselves. That's why we should pray Psalms 139.23, which says, Search, O Lord, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. We can deceive ourselves sometimes. That's why I say, Lord, I put myself in this, in this divine CT scan, and you just scan me over. If you see any guilt, any unforgiveness, any resentment, which is becoming the reason why my blood pressure is increasing, why my blood sugar levels keep on being above 150, help me, Jesus. And he'll do a transformation in your life. There was this one man that decided to get a rifle and go to this church in Charleston, South Carolina. He killed several individuals. Among those individuals that he killed was this lady right here in the center, Ethel Lance. Ethel Lance, precious lady at the church. And when the murderer was receiving his sentence at court, the judge turned the microphone to the family members that were grieving the loss of their loved ones. And he said, do you have any words for for this criminal? And the daughter of Ethel Lance grabbed the microphone and she said, Her name is Nadine Collier. She said, I forgive you. You took the life of someone I love so much. I will never be able to talk to her again. I will never hold her hand again. But I forgive you. Let there be mercy for your soul. Talk about emotional health. The burden of guilt and anger, frustration and resentment. I just let it go. Let Jesus give you mercy. This is something we cannot fabricate as humans. This comes from Jesus Christ. And this picture must ignite in me emotions of forgiveness. When I see the cross, what Jesus did for me, benefits of forgiveness, improves blood flow, improves immune function, improves blood pressure, lowers risk of suicide. Now, You say, well, Dr. Elo, you're talking a lot about emotions, but how about 
my food. Does that have anything to do with my emotions? Well, I have news for you. Studies show that high animal food consumption are associated with inflammation of the brain. When you eat things that have to do with milk, cow's milk in this case, eggs, steaks, or chicken, all these things have high levels of, of, of a substance called arachidonic acid. Arachidonic acid inflames everything in your body. If you're predisposed to arthritis, we'll get ready for having joint pain, gouty arthritis, if you're in, if you're really nervous and really susceptible to have anxiety disorders, you're going to have anxiety issues. Inflammation in your brain causes inflammation in your intestines. Colitis causes inflammation in your arteries. Vasculitis. So all this inflammatory pain uh, that we're seeing comes directly from elevated consumption of what substance? Arachidonic acid. Now, this does not mean that you have to be a rigorous, strict vegetarian for life. But you have to keep in mind that balance, it's important. We can't just be eating this every single day, right? High blood pressure, high blood levels of arachidonic acid are associated with risk of suicide and MDD. MDD stands for Major Depressive Disorder. They have done blood tests in people that are in, in jail high security prisons and they've realized that those criminals on death sentence have higher levels of arachidonic acid than the general population creates inflammation in the brain which leads to aggressive behavior or sometimes aberrant behavior now let me return to this one there was a study that was published in the nutrition journal it said vegetarian diets are associated with healthy mood states, a cross-sectional study in seven-day Adventist adults. And I'm pretty sure the researcher was not Adventist. It's a scientific journal, but they noticed that SDAs behave differently. Their mood is differently. And they're seeing a correlation with the diet. We have to be a different nation. Chosen, anointed by God, and the way we eat has to be a little different, don't you think? And that tends to influence your behavior, your mood, your attitudes tremendously. Now, let me ask you, what do you think is the most winsome character of the Christian? What do you think is the, the most attractive quality of a Christian? To win souls for Christ. Knowledge of the Bible, I don't think that's going to make it. Non-believers don't really care how much of the Bible they know. My faith, my faith may be contagious, yes. But that's not the real appealing factor that other people say, Hey, hey, hey who's your God? I want to follow you. And that is Joy. Joy is the most attractive characteristic of the Christian. In the midst of hard times, political chaos, we can call it that way, financial strains, high rates of unemployment, and all these socio-cultural 
adverse events. Show me a person that is joyful, smiling in the midst of adversity. I want to know more about his, his church. Where do you go? Who, who do you pray to? Because you lost your job and you're still smiling. You're still praising your God. See, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that has a contagious effect on the people around you. That's why in Psalms 50, 51, when King David fell into sin with Bathsheba, he lost his joy. And he, he did not lose his harp. He still had his harp. He was playing his harp, but people were not following him. And he noticed a change. His ministry was not impacting the community. And he said, what's going on? So he started writing psalms, but those psalms were having no effect, singing songs in the harp, and that harp was not contagious anymore. And he said, what's going on? And psalms 51, it tells right there, Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. So that I may teach transgressors how to follow the Lord. See, what allows me and you to attract other people is the joy that they see in us. If they see me frustrated, worried, full of tension, I don't think I'll be a soul winner this year. Okay, so in Work Forest uh, University, it's a Baptist school in, in North Carolina, they took cells belonging to the cancer that is most, the most aggressive cancer, actually, sarcoma. Sarcoma can kill you in a matter of a couple of months. It just eats through your muscle and your bone. Sarcoma 180. These cells are extremely aggressive. They injected. Rats, these cancer cells, six hours later, all the rats were dead except one. One rat was able to survive the cancer. As you can see right here, the, the yellow cells are the normal cells. The brown cells are the sarcoma, the cancer cells. And all of a sudden, they develop these blood vessels, abnormal blood vessels, to the bloodstream and that's how they metastasize, meaning that's how they invaded different tissues of the body. And these poor rats were dying in a matter of six hours, except one. And the researchers were pounding the question, how come this one rat did not die? And they thought they made a mistake. So they doubled the dose. They took more cancer. They injected 20 million malignant cells into this poor mouse to see if he was going to die. And the mouse was happy running. He was jumping. He was having a good time. Eight months later, the rat was dying. So researchers really got concerned and said, okay, this, this is a different type of mouse. And they, they call the mouse, uh, Mighty Mouse. Not, you probably heard of Mickey Mouse, but this, this guy is Mighty Mouse. And, and this reason, how we take it, this big needle, we stick it in the stomach, 
do a biopsy and we observe what's going on in the immune system of that mouse. Oh, that's a good idea. So they extracted some cells and they saw this right here. This is the original picture. I had to pay hundreds of dollars to have copyrighted benefits of this picture. The yellow cell that you're seeing, that's the sarcoma cell, cancer. And the blue, purple cells, these are immune cells that were surrounding the tumor. And one of these immune cells was so brave enough to poke the eyes of the tumor and all of a sudden, that cancer cell was just shriveling, <laughs> spilled all the toxins into the bloodstream. And the, the rat was peeing all the toxins, and it was free from the cancer. So what a strong immune system. And you say, Dr. Elo, but what do I care about rats? I'm a living human being. Come on. Well, I have news for you. The metabolism of a rat and the metabolism of a human, it's 94% identical. If it kills the rat, it might kill me. These cells, these blue cells are also found in the human body. Since you are really brilliant, I know you're asking the question, then how come cancer is the second leading cause of death? Do you want to know the answer? Only one people want to know. I can text you the answer. I think we can probably call it a, we can call it a, a big worship meeting today. Do you want to know the answer? Okay. That's the Notre Dame chorus right there. <sighs> Praise the Lord. So the answer is this. Natural killer cells are those blue cells that were killing and destroying the tumor. These are found in your immune system. Selenium can activate up to 80% of those natural killer cells. And there are some things that inactivate them. And there are some things that you can do to activate them. So let me go over the, the things that you do that block their activity. Let's look at the right side of the column. Okay, we have... Um, a standard American diet, fry food, and sugar. Those things really lower the function of natural killer cells. No wonder cancer is, is having the upper hand in this country and the Western society as well. Loneliness. Loneliness activates cortisol. Cortisol destroys hormone and cortisol destroys natural killer cells. Lack of acceptance. When you refuse to accept your reality, you fight against God. No, Lord, why did it happen to me? Why me? Why? And, and you start, you'll be resistant to the will of God. This creates tremendous stress in your body, prolonged negative emotions, depression, worry, fear, and hopelessness. I underline the word hopelessness because, you know, we have a study the personality of, of a lot of individuals, you probably heard the personality type A. Type A personality is people that are driven by goals, results, and, and they're, they tend to be a little bit competitive. These are the people that, that die fast heart attacks. 
type A personality, but they're also in charge of hospitals, in charge of companies, and they're kind of choleric. Choleric is the, is the, the temperament that is really wanting to be in control. So I want to share with you a personality type you probably haven't heard before. It's called type C personality. C as in Charlie. People that have cancer tend to have C personality type. What is personality C? Have you heard of personality C? Personality C is that person that is very, is very focused on the pain of other people and it really internalizes that pain and it afflicts you and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you lose hope. People that have lost the battle for breast cancer, prostate cancer, lung cancer, they thought this feeling I lost the battle. It's never going to get better. In this tunnel, it's all dark. And if I see a a small glimpse of light, it's probably a train coming my way to smash me. I'm just not going to get better. Hopelessness is the most sickening emotion you can process. It destroys natural killer cells. These cells that I showed you a little while ago that can kill the cancer, the blue cells that can destroy the cancer cell, natural killer cells, uh, hopelessness can definitely depress their function. Now, let's talk about the things that activate natural killer cells. Mediterranean diet, okay? That's why people that live in the Mediterranean, like Italy, the lowest rate of suicide is in Italy. Okay? The longest living person on earth right now is in Italy. She is 114 years of age. Sociability. Building social networks. If loneliness activates the stress hormone and the stress hormone depresses the immune system, then obviously being social can help you, right? Acceptance. This is the, the attitude of when he was in the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. In your, la- in your hands, I command my spirit. I live it up to you, God. Accepting your reality. Positive emotions, joy, gratitude, forgiveness, and also nutritional support. Phytonutrients are things that are, are, are found in, in vegetables. Selenium, zinc, flavonoids. And genistein, it is found in, in soy. ECG3 is also found in green tea. All these things activate your immune system. Now, some people should not take green tea. Those people that are prone to form kidney stones should not mess with the green tea because it has oxalic acid can form kidney stones. That's why I, I like to educate because it's not for everybody. It's for the majority, but there's always subtle exceptions. Now, going on, loneliness produces stress. There was a study that was published in the Neurology Journal. People that are 8 years or 15 years living alone start changing their brains. The protein that is found in Alzheimer's called beta amyloid protein, it's found in people that are 8 or 15 years living by themselves. And all of a sudden, they start forgetting names. You know what is the 
the first indicator, one of the first indicators of Alzheimer's disease, dementia, impaired memory. You know what are the first indicators? You walk differently. People that have Alzheimer's, they walk wide steps, short steps, rigid. They can't really lift their ankle. They're just kind of, it's called magnetic walk. Different than the Parkinson's walk, but you see someone walking like that, wide steps, and they can't really lift their ankle. Hmm, that probably tells me we need to do a mini mental examination on you because risk of our Alzheimer's is very high. The stress hormone is associated with weight gain. There was a, pro, uh, a show called The Biggest Loser, and they took uh, people that were battling with obesity, okay, right here and right here, and they put them through this uh, lifestyle program, and at the end of the show, whoever lost the most weight was the winner. That's why they call it The Biggest Loser. Well, there was this lady that won the show, 112 pounds, Ali Vincent, but she went through a stressful moment in her life. Six months later, she gained those 112 pounds back. Stress hormone causes lipogenesis. What is lipogenesis? Proliferation of fat cells. So if you want to preserve your, your figure, your weight, your muscle, we have to diffuse stress. Now, this is the part when I start concluding the sermon. I know some of you guys went like, it was about town, doctor. I'm watching the clock, right? I still have three minutes. How to overcome stress? Because I can't talk about the problem, just let you go with that gloomy sensation without giving you the solution. You want the solution? Or I text it to you. I hope all of you want the solution. Okay, how to overcome stress? Let's keep it simple. My precious friend, Pastor Nathan, designed this amazing visual aid right here. And this conceptualizes the philosophy of SDAs. I mean, we really believe about trusting God, rest, air, and somewhere here is the exercise part. Exercise part. You know, one out of every five Americans move. Nine out of every Chinese citizens moves, and the longevity is very different. When you exercise, you produce 20 minutes after you start moving your muscles. Don't exercise with your jaw, okay? Don't be eating that crunchy chicken bone, okay? It doesn't count. Thumb exercise, changing the channel, and jaw exercises is not the right calorie burner. Exercise produces serotonin, the same drug psychiatrists give you to fix your brain if you have depression, if you have premenstrual colics, those young women that are having a really hard time during their periods, and they, they really want to feel better. Serotonin, those people that have OCD, Obsessive compulsive disorder. They're washing their hands 15 times an hour. They're checking the doorknob to see if they left it, left the door clo- uh, shut. That, that, 
obsessive compulsive behavior. I'm, I'm fixing my hair. I'm fixing my hair, right? Those compulsive behaviors, low levels of serotonin. So what's going on? The doctors are giving you serotonergic drugs, fluoxetine, Prozac, duloxetine, Cymbalta. And when you exercise, you produce serotonin, beta endorphins. Beta endorphins are molecules that you produce in your brain that lower the sensitivity of pain. So all of a sudden, that sore neck feels better. You don't have to take that hydrocodone at high doses because it's going to put you in opioid-related addiction issues. So exercise is really good. Okay. When you meditate, that second one, I'm giving you the second one, meditation. There's several types of meditation. Transcendental meditation, it's what we do not promote because that's focusing on your, your vital force, inner peace, which is none. All force comes from heaven. That's why King David said, to you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Psalms 25, 1. When I focus within me, I get more chaotic and confused. That's the way to trigger a panic attack. So transcendental medication, with all the respect to people that, that, that practice that, is not what I'm focusing here. Visual medication, when you focus on the moon or a waterfall, that's not what I'm talking about here. Sound meditation, when you focus on your breathing, that's not what I'm talking about here. When I say meditation, I talk about Bible in your head, regurgitating that verse. Do not let the word of the Lord depart from your mouth. But meditate daily, day and night on it so that you may be very careful to obey. The point of meditation is to lead you to obedience. And then good success will come to you. Joshua 1, 8. Meditation. Studies show that when you meditate... The part of your brain called the cortex, which is very thin in dogs, very thin in animals, a little bigger in dolphins. That's why they're smarter than, than dogs. And it's even bigger in, in orangutans, like a, a type of monkey, very developed. But humans have the most developed cortical tissue, and when you meditate, you increase blood flow and the size of the cortex. And you say, what do I care about the cortex? You really want to care about your cortex because your cortex does decision-making skills, judgment, cognition, memory, impulse control. The cortex is center through which the Holy Spirit communicates. You want to develop that area? Meditation. Soldiers that came from Iraq, we did MRIs on them. Their blood flowed to their cortex. Diminished. Why? Because the cortex got reduced. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, reduces your cortex. Um, the, sec- the third one, cacao for your mind. Now, this is dark chocolate, dark chocolate, but I need to be 
very specific because I, I gave a talk in Salt Lake City and this lady just heard the word chocolate and she just left me talking by myself in the auditorium. She ran to the store, got a whole bunch of little chocolates full of sugar. Her daughter called me that night. Hello. And the conversation was very interesting. Long story short, her blood pressure was 192. The normal blood pressure should be 1520, the upper number, systolic, over 80. She had it 192. You're basically close to getting dizzy, having chest pain, and perhaps urinating blood. She was in bad shape. Dark chocolate. Let's read the first line. Cacao is high in magnesium, which helps create ATP. ATP is the energy molecule that gives brain cell power. So you can think, so you can blink, so you can do your pull-ups, so you can go jogging. ATP is the energy hormone. Okay? And you produce that when you eat cacao. The second one is cacao contains NO2 is nitrite. Nitrite, and when you eat that, the gut bacteria turns it into NO3, which is nitrate, and the nitrate opens up your vessels so the blood flow in the heart and in the brain is significantly improved. You think better, you feel better. Nitrates are really good, and cacao is one of those ingredients that has nitrates. And the third one, cacao contains polyphenols, and, and those are anti-inflammatory, antioxidant compounds. I wrote caution right there because I have to tell you this. Dark chocolate is going to be very beneficial if you eat it in its raw form. If you eat it mixed with milk and sugar, you're going to destroy the polyphenols. Number three, no polyphenols, and polyphenols are the antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, so now the effect of that chocolate is going to be totally opposite. Increases cholesterol, increases blood pressure. Doctors have told you, you have high blood pressure, uh, or you want to avoid high blood pressure, limit your salt intake. Well, I have news for you, that is true, but sugar squeezes your arteries even more and can increase blood pressure even more. So cacao for your mind is number three. And here's the picture of myself in the botanical garden in the University of Zurich, Switzerland. In, in University of Zurich, in that garden, they have the 22,000 most healing plants in the world. And sure enough, you can see cacao is right over there. Now, let's remind ourselves that the one-fourth of drugs we use in the U.S. pharmacopoeia come from plants. God is good, right? And finally, spiritual solution, number four. This is how we're going to eradicate anxiety, folks. Find spiritual peace. Spiritual peace. What is the most highlighted verse in the Bible among all the Christian communities in the United States? The most preached verse is uh, John 3.16. The most 
quoted verse is, is Psalms 23, 1. But the most highlighted verse is Philippians 4, 6. Do not worry about anything. Pray about everything. Giving thanks to God. Present your request to Him. And the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the antidote for anxiety, folks. If your prayer life is going up, your stress is going down. If I'm having a panic attack, I can tell you I'm not praying at that time. The American Journal of the Heart has uh, done studies, and they, they noticed that therapeutic touch lowers stress hormones. Took patients who were about to undergo a very dangerous procedure called percutaneous coronary intervention. High rate of mortality. So when patients were in the, in the bed, they were shaking and they didn't know if they're gonna wake up after the anesthesia. And when the nurse came and they, they put the, the hand on the shoulder and said, it's okay, you're going to be fine. And rubbed the shoulder, we did blood tests, checked the stress hormones, and the stress hormones went down. Just rubbing the shoulder, giving a little affirmation, it's going to be fine, made a whole lot of difference. When we come to church, beloved, Instead of shaking hands, let's give each other a hug. Because when you give each other a hug, you're lowering the stress hormone of your brother next door. Maybe she came with high blood pressure. Maybe she came with tensions. And when you give that brother a hug, you're just lowering the adrenaline, the cortisol. Praise the Lord. It's a healing therapy. Thoughts, emotions, attitudes, impact, cardiometabolic factors. Meaning sugar, pulse, and coagulation. Coagulation. Why does God allow darkness? That's the question a lot of people ask. Then how come God allowed cancer to hit me, divorce to strike me? How come God allows pain in my life? It's a very consternating question, but it's very valid. My only answer is Revelation twenty two sixteen. Revelation twenty two sixteen says Jesus is the morning star. I give you a hundred bucks right now if you can show me the star right now at this moment. Stars don't show up in the middle of a, a daylight. You have to be going through deep darkness to see the star. Jesus. You can perceive him with more clarity as you walk through the valley of the shadow and death. Can you see stars in that picture? Not really. Can you see stars in that picture? Absolutely. So you can say like King David, it was good for me to be afflicted because that pain enabled me To depend on the Lord. Psalms 119 verse 71. That's why it says Paul in Romans 5.3. It says rejoice 
in your affliction, not for your affliction, but in your affliction, because eventually that will work out perseverance and hope. What is the difference between baby Christians and mature Christians? A baby Christian is just used to praising God when there's sunshine, money in the bank, health, prosperity. I'm hide, wide, and handsome. Praise the Lord. A mature Christian, my friend. The Bible is all underlined. It's falling apart because the promises of God are your only anchor. And you can quote the, the verse from Habakkuk. You can live it in your real life and say, when the fig tree does not blossom, when there's no grapes in the vine, olive tree does not produce its fruit, when the harvest does not yield its crop, when there's no sheep in the pens, no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. God is the strength of my life. When you can say that, my friend, you're a mature Christian. You can praise the Lord in the darkness. And let me tell you, Jesus shows up in the dark. President Truman sent this warning to Japan. A rain will ruin Japan like never before. This was the end of World War II. And sure enough, they deployed that plutonium-filled atomic bomb. <laughs> destroyed everything in its way one square meter. Nothing was left standing except a house. All raggedy house was able to resist the force of those atomic particles. When scientists, civil engineers came to study the soil, maybe the soil was different in this house. Maybe the, the building was had a different foundation. They walked away disappointed. Nothing could explain why that house withstood the, the atomic blast. What they didn't know is that inside that house was a group of Christian people on their knees. And they were praying Psalms 91 verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Praise the Lord. Nothing will keep you from the love of Christ. Praise the Lord and thank you for your patience. God bless you.